What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, the morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Polk, and today we're going to talk about the Texas Rangers. Yes, we are fully back doing the Plus Pitch Podcast uh, through the, all the rotations. I'm sorry for all the, the pause here in December. There were a couple things in the back end that we wanted to sort out and make sure we were good to go. But now we are doing these every day, I believe. I mean, I'm recording a lot of these uh, back to back now. Um, especially as I do my morning routine. And if you don't know what that is, go to playback.tv slash pitcherlist. I'm there at 11 a.m. every weekday morning as I'm going through every starting pitch and rotation. Those are the PL Pro exclusive articles on the site. Um, if you want a sneak peek at the blurbs I'm writing for the top 300, you can check them out there. And by the way, the work I'm doing now is more than I usually do for the top 300. So the bits that you're going to see for the article, I mean, it's it's just going to be even bigger than it usually is with a GIF of everyone and and two tables as well uh, for, for their stats. It's pretty cool. So looking forward to that a ton this year. And you can look forward to that top 300 starting pitcher article coming out in uh, early February for our launch of PLX. I'm also going to be putting out an article in January talking about 2023 in review for PitcherList and also outlining the things that we're doing and including, I hinted on the Detroit Tigers podcast that we are going to be having a lifetime subscription. Uh, That is going to happen in uh, January. Um, And please reach out to me if you're curious about that and what you're looking for with it. Um, But long story short, we are. We were really thinking about a lot of things that we wanted to get funding for, and at the end of the day, um, the more that it can be funded by you guys, um, and that you get that benefit yourself, um, the better. Because I don't want to give up any control of Pitcherless. I don't want it to be in a situation that we have to not be our identity anymore, um, and make a worse product for you for the grand whole of more money. I don't work like that. I work in the way of long-term, sustainable success, and that is created by gaining your respect and having a reputation in this field forever. So I want to work with you, and if you care about uh, Pitchos growing and being that company, I hope that you can support us as we begin that lifetime subscription in uh, January of 2024. Okay, hey, so the Rangers, hi. Um, This is, I think, going to be kind of quick. Uh, let's see here. I always say that. Nathan Valdi is a very interesting one. I think it really just comes down to health. Um, what I've been doing a lot lately is going over, doing having a process, and I outlined it a lot in that FTN article. You should definitely read. It's free. Um, I did it for the guide. Uh, it's me going over all the pitchless metrics in my process. And what I've been doing on these streams is I've been going to the pitch repertoire table and opening the site twice for every player. One, so that I have the lefty splits of pitches and then one for the righty splits. And that allows me to see what their plans of attack are and where their weaknesses are. And Eovaldi and John Gray and all these guys, you're going to see a common thread here. It's a lot easier to do. Then, of course, I also open up the pitch type app to see if there's any sort of, uh, and really what the pitch shape is of the fastball. And really, it's good for locations as well, as those heat maps at the bottom underneath the thing is, are, I think, just generally better than any other heat map I've seen um, for understanding where they attack. So, uh, it's really fun stuff. And I, uh, let's talk about Eovaldi. He had these two months where he was exceptional, 224 ERA, one, sorry, 0.93 whip across his first 12 starts of the year. It was in stu- it was stupid good. He even like struggled the first couple too. 
And then he had, you know, what was it? Five games of about 42 innings. And then after uh, after that, 13 games of, <laughs> of a 5.37 ERA and a 1.40 whip. Sure, the last two starts were 12 run runs. Okay, 4.23 ERA and a 1.34 whip after 11 starts, right? So it's already uh, bad. And the velocity was a major thing with Eovaldi. About 93.8 miles per hour on June 20th after being around 95, 96 um, June 4th and earlier, right? We know this. If you experienced Evaldi during the year, that's what happened. He ramped it up for the playoffs, so it came back. It was like 95, 97. And there's different ways you can interpret that. You can say, oh, it's still there. He was just saving it. No, 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 no. I see it as he pushed himself more than ever, did everything he needed to do for that playoff run, did it, gave that title to Texas, and boy, is he going to suffer for it this year. That's two straight years of having this health problem. And I don't think this is going to stick. Also, his four-seamer just isn't that good. It is not a rising fastball. It has a low VAA, but it's not a good um, ICR mitigator. Um, he has cutters that nullify lefties, but those struggle over the plate against righties. He moved away from the slider to throw that cutter more. And I don't really know if it's that much better against righties. It's Yeah, it's okay. It's good against lefties, though. And the splitter, really good against lefties. Not a shock there, but against righties, it should be a lot worse. It dropped massively in uh, uh, Bacon as batting average on contact. Uh, this past year, ICR dropped a lot, too, and it just didn't really add up. So I think the four-seamer and splitter are both going to be worse this year against right-handers, and he already has some struggles against lefties. That, to me, means we're going to see like closer to a four ERA with a 120 whip with a hopefully a strikeout rate. I'm like, matching 21-22 would be like a 3-8 ERA with a 120 whip and a 22% K rate. And I think it's going to be slightly worse than that. Good news, at least, is that the defense should help um, Eovaldi. That was really the biggest difference, I think, honestly, coming to Texas. But, yeah, I'm just so terrified of the health and everything that I just kind of don't want to touch it. And really, that's the case for a lot of these guys in the Rangers. I actually don't really know who I'm going to be going for. Oh, we'll be going into this. So John Gray is the other second definitive starter. And I'll be honest with you, as of right now, that's it. That's really all I feel confident in opening day for the Rangers is Evaldi and John Gray. And we'll get to that in a second. But John Gray breaks the Wasker rule. And that means you have an amazing slider, which, by the way, he changed from a sweeper to a gyro in season, which meant he got more ground balls instead of fly balls. So that slider had more hits because Babbitt goes up with grounders, but he had fewer home runs with it. I think that's generally a good um, a good balance for John Gray to have because that is such a good pitch, but the fastball is not. 50% ICR to right-handers. You can't do that. Whatever... Your strength needs to be against right-handers to be a successful pitcher in the majors, successful starter. If it's not, you're going to be terrible because lefties are just rare. It's just how it is. You need to be able to survive against righties. John Gray suffers with that. He did have stretches where he was able to locate four-seamers enough, around 96 miles per hour, sometimes even 97, to to get by with this down and away and then set up that slider. Right? We saw that in relief even in uh, in the playoffs. However, those stretches are maybe three games, four games, and then he falls off a table and you want to move on. So you can Vargas rule John Gray through the year if you like. That's it, though. I mean, he does have a changeup against the lefties that does make the four-seamer better because batters have to be honest on the changeup down and away. Right? That That's really it with John Gray. The slider is just really good. That's cool. 
It's not as good against lefties, by the way. <laughs> but this just really screams cherry bomb all the way through. And uh, I'm not going to be chasing that. Um, we have other guys we got to be talking about. Obviously, I mean, there's just so many injured ones for the Rangers. And there are some prospects. We're going to talk about all of that after this break. So Max Scherzer had back surgery in the offseason. He's going to be back halfway through the year is what they say. Um, I don't know what we're going to get. And what's really interesting to me is that Scherzer is just getting worse every year. Um, Four-seamer insider both got a lot worse in 2023. Really, actually, the four-seamer started getting bad in 2022. Dropped massively in swing strike rate down to about 11%. It used to be about 14% up to 18%. Um, and now it's 11% in 2022 and 2023 um, against right-handers, and that's really not a thing that should be going on. Uh, meanwhile, the slider dropped from 28% ranks in uh, rates in uh, swing strike rate to right-handers to under 20%, and that was the big pitch for Scherzer. So, oh dear. Um, there's a lot of hard-hit balls as well from Scherzer. The cutter is good against lefties, but I mean, it's he doesn't have the changeup that he used to have either. All of it is looking worse and worse and worse and worse. He throws a lot of strikes. There are days that he can really locate it well enough. It's a good flat four-seamer. So when he does elevate, which he doesn't actually a ton, it can work well. But yeah, there's just a... It's getting worse and worse for sure. You're missing him for half the year. He shouldn't be beneficial for your team in those final two months. But before even the injury happened, I had Scherzer, what, in the mid-40s? I did not expect Scherzer to get better. I expected him to get worse already. And now you're missing so much time. I mean, if he's there at the end of the draft, sure, what the heck, put him in your IL spot. But yeah, I'm not really holding my breath for Scherzer. Uh, DeGrom is honestly, I would I would be more interested in that. And that might sound shocking because he's coming from Tommy John. We don't even know if he's going to pitch an inning this year. But I will know that the quality is better with DeGrom. But Nick, he's coming back from Tommy John, second one. Yeah, okay, he doesn't need to be necessarily the best pitcher in the world to be beneficial for my team, right? I don't really believe that he's just going to be at a level that is not good enough to be started in fantasy when he comes back. Like, I believe that so much more than I do Scherzer, right? So, I don't know. Maybe we'll see him in September for a total of 16 innings. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, is that worth it? Then, let's say you have a third IL spot and you need to drop somebody in May. No, it's not, if you ask me. Um, and that's part of the reason why I generally don't go IL stashes because I don't have the discipline to say, but yeah, but it's only like three months away. And really the rule of fantasy baseball is don't chase the thing later, chase the thing now. I'm telling you right now, there's always something new to chase. And uh, don't don't save, save, save for potential. Just get now. Do that and you'll be so much happier. You'll have more to do also. <laughs> How many times have you looked in the wild like, oh man, I wish I could pick him up, but there's just no one to drop. That's... Oof. Don't put yourself in those situations. Uh, Andrew Heaney uh, is a slinging southpaw with questionable command. And I, I I looked deeper into him again today. So here's the thing. In 2022 against the Dodgers, uh, against the Dodgers, for the Dodgers, that slider's swing strike was 30%, um, which is so good against left-handers. And then all of a sudden, it was just 15% this past year. So, uh, you yeah, know. <laughs> Um, you can't, you can't just like cut that in half. I mean, it was a very small sample size in 2022 for, for Heaney. He didn't even really like change its locations or anything. It just, yeah, that's not that great of a pitch. And Texas is not the team that taught him that. So he's not going to adjust it. Um, the fastball I don't think is good. And, uh, there's not much else. The changeup shows up against righties. It's more arm side 
and it sits away. And that's okay. That's fine. It's a good arm side move, uh, movement pitch, and it stays arm side. But the fastball gets hit too much. It's you know it has a four percent swing strike rate to left-handers, which is so bad, like so 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 bad. So and he, and he could not handle left-handers. You can handle right-handers more. Thirteen percent swing strike rate to them, which again that's better than the opposite. Um, but uh, but maybe that slider returns and he's better. It's just. It's not good induced vertical break. He has good VAA and can locate upstairs. It's Bikini to me is just not a command artist. There isn't enough in that repertoire for me to like. And even the best thing I can say, which is the four seamer upstairs right handers, is still just a 13% swing strike rate, right? It's not like he's overwhelming with like a 15, 16%. So all in all, that makes Andrew Heaney someone I don't really want to go for. And then of course, look at the situation with the Rangers. They reluctantly started him last year. Uh they would ideally not want to have him start. They don't have anything else who's going to. Um, but yeah, I just... Ugh, this is a cherry bomb at best. I'm sure he's going to have some good starts. I'm just going, well, you know, I'm like, I'm just not going to touch him. And I'm sure I'm going to get angry comments at some point. I'm just going to say, well, I just don't believe that that's... That this is a new guy who's amazing. Um, Dane Dunning. Yeah, he exists as well. I think, honestly, Dane Dunning is more consistent and at least a little more uh, dependable. Not to say that it's good. You just kind of know what you're going to get. He's a Toby. Uh, his sinker performed way better than it should last year. It was a sub-30% ICR against right-handers. And you think, oh, cool, Nick. That must mean he's jamming guys inside high O swing and doing a really good job with that. Nope. Um, it's over the plate. Lots of cold strikes over the plate and a 22% O swing. So I don't know. It, it worked, I guess. I tried to really figure out why how is he setting it up and stuff. Maybe it is the slider just being more effective and guys are... Uh, is making taking awkward swings at that one. I don't know. The defense held behind him, but he is still, of course, going to have uh, more hits than you'd want because he is a ground ball guy. But having a sub three hundred Babbitt when you have when you are a ground ball pitcher like Dunning is, there you go, Rangers defense. Thank you so much for that help. Um, he also did a really good thing against lefties as well. Uh, the sinker and the slider were both getting crushed a lot. So he pulled back on both of them. Sliders went away in favor of cutters. And sinkers actually thrown fewer than, um, he throws fewer sinkers than changeups and uh, curveballs now, which is great because both of those are better against them. Not to say that they're elite against them, but they're better. And that's cool. It's still not very good. Only one of those pitches is like, I think, a sub 40% ICR. Um, but uh, it's better. So I can understand how he gets through games and he has those moments when the slider just takes over against like the Giants. Okay, fine. You have that great game of 12Ks. Cool. He's a streamer. Dane Dunning is a 12-teamer streamer. It makes all the sense. I think the Rangers are going to rely on him a ton this year because of how beat up this staff is. Um, there's also Tyler Malley, who, like DeGrom, Tommy John, I don't really expect him to pitch much at all this year, but I want to make sure we all understand that he is very good. Uh, he went to driveline, I believe, going into last year, and despite having lower velocity, his IVB on his four-seamer soared up to about 18 IVB, which is really good. Uh, I want to say it was closer to like 16.5 before, something like that, maybe even 17, but then closer to 18, 2023. And I wants to locate it upstairs too. I think actually he did a really bad job of locating to right-handers last year, really good job to lefties, and that's why he dominated them. Um, but against righties, he left it middle away, which you don't want to do. And if Tyler Malley adjusts and goes, great, I'll just do the Bailey Ober thing. <laughs> which I think he can do. It's a really good VAA too. Um, yeah, he can absolutely dominate with that four-seamer. And the splitter worked enough, I think, against the lefties. He does need a better breaking ball, I think, for, for righties. Um, but I, 
as long as that four-seamer is upstairs and he's coming back from Tommy John and saying 94 and not like 91, yeah, tell him, Allie. I'm, I'm really interested in that. I sound like my bail guy as I suppress a cough. Okay. I'm on the fringe. Cody Bradford could show up again. It's a 90 mile per hour fastball, but really good IVB. Like it's like 18, I think as well. Um, but not good VAA. Uh, it's actually like really bad. And again, that 90 mile per hour velocity, but it's good extension too. He tries to do it. And it's, it's why this 90 mile per hour fastball actually survives ish. Everything else isn't very good though. And uh, yeah. Cody Bradford, I'm sorry. Can you please gain like three or four ticks and also get that pitch more upstairs? That'd be great. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, Owen White, uh, we saw him for like two moments. I think it was four innings total. Um, he was more of a command pitcher in the minors is what I've seen. And uh, he used to have these big swing strike rates. But then all of a sudden in 2023, and between AA and AAA, that fell from 11% in AA and 8% in AAA. So like the 16% prior. I don't think that this is the thing you want to go for. He didn't really have electric stuff from any report I saw. Owen White is not really a guy that you should have on your radar. There are two prospects to be aware of. One is Josh Steffen, or Steppen, I don't really know. But he uh, did well in AA last year with 666 innings, plus of 30% strikeout rate and a 5% walk rate. That's pretty cool. It's a heavy slider focus, and it's not really a big dominating fastball. So that's a Wasker rule getting broken, which makes sense that he would do well because having a really good slider in the minors, you'll just eat up everything um, as they don't take advantage of heaters as well. So I'm not really a big fan of that one. And Jack Leiter, of course, exists. And yo, Nick, come on, Jack Leiter. Yeah, I understand. He wasn't very good for a good amount of last year, too. And then he got injured and it looked much better as it went on. Um, I would say that for Jack Leiter, you should really pay attention to him early in the year. And see if he has the numbers that we want uh, in AAA. He was in AA. I don't have the stuff yesterday uh, from last year. But if he did well in AAA in 2024, if he's killing it, he has good IVB on the four-seamer, better than like 95 uh, velocity, good, you know, just the basic K walk swing strike rates that you can see on like fan graphs. If Jack Leiter has that, I'm so jumping for him the second he gets the call. Right, because we know that like the skills initially were so so good, and he has been kind of going through uh, prospect um, heck. I don't know. We've seen it before from guys. Um, but that is it for today. Thank you guys so much for sticking with uh, the plus pitch. I'm really excited to go through all of these um, with you for the next uh, month or so. And make sure to check out the uh, the previous episodes as well. I have gone back and edited some of them. I need to do a few more updates here and there. Um, but I, I, but yeah, I'll be getting to those shortly. Have a wonderful new year. There's so many exciting things coming here, um, at Petrolist for not just 2024, but 2025. Can't wait to share all of it with you, but that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock and may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.